Good day, and welcome to the ESPN Media Conference Call with Randy Moss. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference over to Allie Stoneberg. You may begin. Thank you, Ryan. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making time to join our call. This afternoon, I'm joined by ESPN NFL analyst and Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist, Randy Moss. We'll begin questions today with Barry Wilner at the Associated Press, followed by Mark Craig with the Star Tribune. Uh, thank you, Ali. Hi, Randy. How's it going? What up? Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, toward the end of your playing days and specifically after you retired, did you ever think about the possibility of making the Hall of Fame and what were your thoughts if you did? No, I think that, I think as a kid, um, you know, I was just talking to one of my good friends the other day about being a finalist and uh, we just started reminiscing. And uh, he's just talking about how we used to play football as kids. And, you know, we used to run the ball and, hey, man, I'm Walter Payton or I'm Earl Campbell. Ooh, I just ran you over. Throwing the ball like Joe Montana. And those are all NFL and Hall of Fame greats. And now I have an opportunity to be in, to be one of those guys. And, you know, uh, I think that, you know, from the slogan or the phrase, you got mossed, uh, all the way to, you know, just having a 14-year career, you know, just me reflecting and looking back. So I think that, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, me going into the – to playing this game starting at six years ago, six years old, you know, Hall of Fame was, was never in the equation. And I think going through college, uh, going through, you know, my first couple years in the league, you know, I never looked at – you know, Hall of Fame or looked at the Hall of Fame jacket because I just loved, I loved and enjoyed the game. And I think as you, um, as I, you know, left the game, retired, you know, now I'm on my fifth year and now I'm up as a finalist. I think now is the time that, you know, I really looked at, you know, am I Hall of Fame worthy? You know, will I get the nod? You know, little things like that. So, you know, doing out through my playing career, you know, Hall of Fame was, was, was not in my equation. I just enjoyed, you know, coming to the stadiums, uh, being around my teammates each and every day and just going out here and just going out there and competing. And that's really what I fell in love with at, at such a young age is the, the, the ball and, and going out there to compete. We'll go to Mark Craig, followed by Nora Princiati with the Boston Globe. Hey, Randy, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Good. Uh, hey, just uh, just curious, what you'll do on Saturday to kind of take your mind off it? How much will you think about it on Saturday? And and also the you know the history recently with receivers having to to wait. You know, have you thought about how you know do you have to guard against uh, expecting something that you you know eventually is going to happen uh, happening this year? No, man. It's kind of like you, kind of like you going in the court and being in front of the jury. Your fate's in their hands. So I don't I don't have no control over it. Uh, I don't have a vote. Um, what I will do is just be around close family and friends and, you know, just wait it out. You know, like I said, there's nothing I control and nothing I can control. And like I said, I didn't really play the game for the Hall of Fame. I just played for the love of the game. And I think that I guess your overall final accomp- accomplishment uh, for being in the National Football League is, is the gold jacket. So, uh, I think that, you know, some nervousness will sit in, uh, but at the same time, I'll be patiently waiting. 
you know, um, I think I'm deserving of getting in on the first ballot. But, you know, if things don't happen or go according to plan, you know, the show must go on. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. So I, I don't think that I will get tied up in, you know, not making it. Um, like I said, I just played the game for the love and uh, just going out there to compete. So, like I said, if the Hall of Fame is my, my final stop, then I'm, I'm, I'm definitely honored uh, to put that jacket on. We'll go to Nora Princiati, followed by Courtney Cronin with ESPN Minneapolis. Hey, Randy. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, we've heard a lot about Tom Brady's sort of legendary intensity and, and fire, particularly in practice, and I'm just wondering if you have any particular memories of, of him getting really fired up in practice and, and, you know, maybe coming at his receivers a little bit if, if things weren't exactly perfect. No, I, I, I think for the most part, you know, back when I was in New England, we had a great veteran core that everybody knew their role and, and, and was damn good at their role. Um, I think over the past couple of years, Tom has seen his window closing and knowing that he's the sole veteran on that team, that everybody looks at Tom. Everybody looks at the Pied Piper, looks for the Pied Piper for guidance. They look for the Pied Piper, you know, to move him down the field. So I think that from the time that I was there to now, uh, it, things have changed. Things have moved in the right direction going upward. And I think when you look at a leader uh, of what a leader should be, uh, you wonder why, you know, the team rallies behind Tom with stitches in his hand. They rally behind Tom with, you know, the man talking about, you know, his daughter being, I don't know what word he used, but, you know, just all the little things, you know, deflate gate. You know, so I think that, you know, the time that we were there, we had a great veteran corps. We had Matt Light, Logan Mankins up front. We had Kevin Falk in the back, myself at the wide receiver core. We had Vrabel. Uh, we had Teddy Bruschi, we had Vince Wilfork, so we had Rodney Harrison. So we had a great group of guys of veterans where Tom didn't really feel that he had to lead the defensive backs, you know, lead the linebacker course. But I think now that there's been so many changes, uh, plus injuries in New England, uh, that Tom, you know, had to really take it upon himself to understand. And I, I don't think he, you know, did it or wanted to do it in an arrogant way. I think where he's used to, you know, having a Brewski, a Vrabel, a Moss, a Falk, you know, uh, a Wilford Bears, you know, team captains, Gerard Mayo. And now he's the sole man up there, you know, not taking anything from the captains, you know, with Matthew Slater and those guys. But I think when you look at Tom and everything that he's accomplished, that team goes and that organization goes as Tom goes. So I don't really have anything in practice, um, you know, any different than the games. You know, the thing that I really hang my hat on is, you know, people seeing them each and every week going out here putting up these numbers, putting up these points. And if you've never been in their camp before, you really don't understand how hard the preparation is during the week. And then when you go out here on Sunday, it's like it's easy. It's kind of like going out to the playground and having recess because of what Bill puts on uh, each individual uh, each individual and, and each unit to go out here and be successful and then collectively at the end of the day they go out here and make it happen. So there's really not one, you know, story that I have. It's just good to really see 
of how they've really been able to change and uh, change for the better. We'll go to Courtney Cronin with ESPN Minneapolis, followed by Nicole Yang with Boston.com. Hey, Randy. How are you doing? Hello. How are you? Good. I'm with this class and no quarterback coach or owner uh, on the ballot for the Pro, Hall, Pro Football Hall of Fame. How do you view it as far as, you know, the chance for this to be one of the more polarizing classes? And, you know, what would that mean if both you and Carol Owens are able to get in on the same ballot? To be to, to, to be totally honest with you, um, I know Ray Erlacher, I know a few of the guys that are on the ballot, but I really haven't really been focusing, you know, on the Hall of Fame. I think that, you know, where I stand, you know, I did my job. You know, I did what I had to do, you know, to be able to be in consideration of one of the finalists. So, like I said, it's really not up to me. So I really haven't really been thinking much about it. You know, just being able to go on the road each week with ESPN and go to the Monday night games and travel and making sure I stay on top of my game when I get on TV is really what I've been focusing on over the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, just to be, you know, sitting at home thinking about the Hall of Fame, maybe Saturday, you know, will probably hit me. Uh, but I've never been one of those type guys to sit down and, you know, think about this and let, let your, your nerves get the best of you. Like I said, I, I think I've done enough, uh, to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but like I said, it's not up to me. So, um, I just, you know, put it in God's hands and just let the, let the cards, you know, play out. So I haven't really been given it a lot of thought. Really, I have not. We'll go to Nicole Yang, followed by Dane Mizutani with the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Hey, Randy. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about whether or not the Patriots dynasty is good or bad for the NFL. Um, and I was just wondering what your take was on that situation. I'm sorry, your your the Patriots dynasty? Yeah, like um, I know a former Giant said something about how it's not a good look for the NFL, um, for the Patriots to be winning so consistently and to be having such sustained success. Well, um, well, what's not? Oh, well, re- what's really not a, a good look? What's really not a good look for our sport is when you have the commissioner that just signed this new contract, making all this this money, comes out and says publicly that they all need to do better. That things that things may have played in the favors of the Patriots of them being able to be successful. That's not what I signed up for. I signed up to play this game between the lines. You call it fair, and 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 live with with the results. But when you have you know guys or, or people in higher positions being able to come out publicly and say that you know they've been covering up this or things have not been uh, the way that they appear to be that the Patriots or the league or whoever showing favoritism. That's not what I signed up for. And, um, and if that is the case, it is a bad look for the national football league, you know, for them to be, you know, for a guy to put in the, the work that he does the off season, uh, the sacrifices that he makes, uh, in the off season, in the season, for his family, for himself, and then to figure out, you know, while you're playing or when you retire that 
you know, that certain teams or certain players were showed favoritism and you probably didn't get the fair end of the deal. That's, that, that's not a, that's not, that's not a good feeling to have. So to answer your question, if all that is the case, uh, it is a bad look, you know, because if the Patriots, you know, won all these Super Bowl and became a dynasty and, and became the team that, that, that our country loves, but love to hate at the same time, then you would want them to see them to go out there and do it the right way. You know, I didn't really see no favoritism, um, you know, when I played. You know, we got calls. We didn't get calls. Other teams got calls. They did get calls before, you know, the commissioner to come out and say that, you know, they made mistakes. They need to do things better. That's not, that's not a good look. So if, that's, if, if they've had help uh, becoming this powerful franchise, then, of course, it's a bad look for the National Football League. We'll go to Dane Mizutani, followed by Chad Graff with The Athletic. Hey, Randy. Uh, you mentioned as a kid and growing up in West Virginia, kind of looking up to guys like Walter Payton, guys like Joe Montana. How much pride do you take in being one of those guys for some young kids now, uh, just with what you were able to do in your career? Well, I take total pride in it because, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I try to do is when I meet people is, is – Try to get them to overlook a little bit of the television and the, and the star, uh, power, because if they, if they're able to overlook that, then we can definitely have a, a genuine one-on-one conversation. Uh, but like I said, for me to be able to grow up and now that, like you said, consider one of those guys is definitely an honor. Uh, for me to be able to put that jacket on is definitely an honor. You know, I think a lot of people looked at the way that I played, the chip that I carried on my shoulders, a lot of people don't realize they changed the rules around for everybody's safety. I was six foot four going across the middle, you know, so of course I was a big target. Do you think I've ever been hit and a guy apologized to me talking about, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you that hard. So I think that the chip that I carried and the focus and the sacrifices that, you know, that I had to make uh, took a lot of heavy criticism because of me being able to focus and only care about, you know, myself, my team, and the success that we were having, nothing outside of that. So now that I'm considered one of those great guys, I hope that people will definitely, you know, look past, you know, a lot of the negativity that was said or written about me, because how 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 would I be able to accomplish and put up those numbers? How would I be able to be in the top of, whatever list historically if I was, wasn't able to do those things. So I think that a lot of people really need to understand of, of, you know, number one thing I try to preach is, you know, how the game works, you know, the profession, the business of the game, you know. So for me to go through all that, you know, being able to take uh, my ups and downs to to fight no matter if it's winning or losing, still going out there to fight no matter what I'm ailing, sickness or not, I still, you know, took pride in going out there giving the people a show each and every Sunday. Yes, I was on some losing ends. Yeah, I was on some some uh, some bad ends of, 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 of media reports and things like that. But that was just all for the love, man. That's just, just the love of the game, wanting to compete to go out there. And, you know, for me to be one of those greats, considered one of those greats now the kids look up to, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very honored because I know how hard, I know what those guys, 
uh, had to do. I know what they sacrificed in order to get in, uh, on, on such a pedestal. You know, the Emmett Smiths, the Joe Montanas, you know, the Reggie Whites. You know, guys like that. And there are kids still today that that won't know the guys that I looked up to growing up. They look, they they know, you know, the Peyton Mannings, Brady's, Malls, Charles Woodson. You know, guys like that. So. Yeah, it is an honor to be able to follow in those guys' footsteps. And once as a kid, hollering those guys' names when I made a catch, Jerry Rice, and or do something long like Joe Montana, things like that. And now that I'm, you know, coming out, that my name's coming out of those kids' mouth. Left is definitely a blessing. And yes, I am honored. We just have a couple minutes left. Chad Kraft, go ahead with your question. Randy, you alluded to it a little earlier, but do you think wide receivers over the last 15, 20 years get enough credit uh, for what they did, given that Terrell Owens still isn't in the Hall of Fame and that historically it's been so hard for a wide receiver to get into the Hall of Fame uh, on the first try? Well, I think when you look at, you know, our our error, you know, there were some great receivers. You know, there's some, 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 you know, one of my biggest receivers that I really looked at each and every week was Jimmy Smith in Jacksonville. You know, I studied him. I studied Eric Modes up in Buffalo. I studied Terrell Owens. I studied Andre Johnson. Uh, I studied Herman Moore back when I was in college. So you're talking about an era where there were not just one, not just two. You know, there were five, six, seven dominant wide receivers. You know, um, you know, you had Michael Irvin. You had Chris Carter. You know, you had a lot of great wide receivers, and I think now – you know, me being able to be an analyst on ESPN, I think that they've changed the rules for the better of the game. But at the same time, I do not want to see any wide receivers, uh, and especially the elite guys, you know, fall off, you know, any play fall off, you know, still be grimy, still go out there and catch, still go out there and compete. You know, and that's, that's the one thing that I, that I look forward to each Sunday. You know, especially, you know, with the you, you got mall segment and things like that. I just enjoy the game, seeing the guys playing at a high level and nobody really cheating the game to my eyes. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today. Media members, you will be able to see Randy and his ESB and his ESPN teammates on live shows from the IDS Center's Crystal Court the rest of this week. And Randy will also be part of a special Super Bowl Sunday edition of postseason NFL Countdown. Thanks so much for your time.